Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Amen. Hey, for those of you that were here last week, we ran a video. Again, uh, we were out of town, and so thank you for allowing us to be away. But in our absence, we ran a video, and I'm telling you, we just purposed to share something with you that would stir your heart. And I've gotten a lot of feedback from many that have saw the video. It moved me. It messed me up. It wrecked me just listening to what uh, Todd Watt had to say. And, and I've shared with many of you already. But, man, I'm telling you, when I was watching it, I had tears streaming down my face, and I shared with the, the group this morning. But as... I, uh, we were driving to Oklahoma. I was listening to it again uh, while we were driving, and I had my sunglasses on. And man, as tears run down my face, I'm having to wipe my face just so my wife don't see me, you know. And, and every once in a while, uh, it would just kind of overtake me, and I'd become overcome with just, just, just really God moving in my heart. And all, all of a sudden, I'd go <clears throat> like that, and I'd have to kind of cover it up so that my wife didn't see it or didn't uh, know what was going on, you know. And isn't it interesting that when you have a raw moment with God that sometimes it's hard to allow yourself to be exposed or be raw in those that are closest to you but you know it's interesting how God wants to move in our heart and wants us to really draw close to him amen amen you know just as we get started here I just want to share an example with you that just kind of bears reference to this idea of getting raw of getting vulnerable and that is is that just a matter of a couple years ago a family invited us over for dinner one afternoon. In fact, it was the Swicks. And uh, we went over there and they had a, a specialty for us in what they were serving us. And it was uh, steamed, or I think it was steamed, steamed artichokes. And I really liked them. In fact, uh, Christina, she always says, yeah, you didn't like those. But we really did. We enjoyed them. They were they were very tender. But if you've ever had steamed artichokes, uh, there's a lot to them. Does anybody know what an artichoke looks like? It's the real leafy looking thing. It, it curls up into this little ball thing. In fact, there's, there's artichoke hearts that you can get for uh, dips and salads and whatever else. But it's right in the middle of that thing. But to eat these steamed artichokes, what you would have to do is you would take each little leaf, you would peel it back, and you would just kind of get the end of the tip that was at the heart of it. And it's kind of scrape off the meat of the leaf, and you would eat that. It was almost like eating crab legs. You know, a lot of work and very little payoff for it. But it was very good. But you would keep doing this, you'd keep peeling back the leaves and you'd eat the meat off the leaves until you got to the very center of the artichoke and that's where the heart was. That's where the tender meat of the artichoke was and when you got there, it was like payday. The payoff finally come to a climax and you got to eat the artichoke heart and it was very good. And with that example, that's exactly how God desires or what God's looking for us to, to have and experience in our lives. For us to begin to peel back the layers of life, peeling back the layers of who we are, of our experiences, to where we allow ourselves to get to the tender part of who we are. To get to the heart. To expose the inward parts. And really to allow ourselves to become vulnerable. And really isn't it interesting how being vulnerable 
is a difficult thing. Just getting raw with God and getting raw with people is a challenge. You know, as we begin to look at what it is to be raw and to be revealed in, 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 in seeing ourselves become vulnerable, it's important to look at it from the back end frontwards. And when you begin to look at why it's so difficult for us to be raw or allow ourselves to be vulnerable or why it is that we hold back, there's four things. One, the reason why we find it difficult to be raw or find ourselves having difficulty being tender and open to one another is number one, we find it difficult or we're afraid of being hurt more than we are of being loved and developing a relationship. Number two, we're afraid to surrender our power. Number three, we're afraid of the past. Not afraid of the past of what was, but afraid of the pain of the past and not desiring to experience that pain again. And number four, afraid we won't like what we see. Isn't it interesting that being vulnerable, the very thing that keeps us from being vulnerable or holding back is fear. Fear is what keeps us from being vulnerable. Come on, does anybody relate to what I'm talking about? Afraid of exposing ourselves. Afraid of allowing ourselves to really be seen or afraid of what we might find when we become exposed. Afraid of the pain. Now, as I shared with you, the last 10 days we were on vacation. And as I said already, we had the opportunity to spend time with family and friends. But also while we were away, uh, I got to do some business. And I mentioned I got to spend uh, an afternoon with uh, the Rhema director there. And we went to lunch and spent a couple hours just talking. And one of the things that he said to me is he says that my job is very overwhelming. And I never realized what he went through as the director. And he said, what I experience on a daily basis is answering phone calls and putting out fires. And we're talking about ministers, pastors, people that are in full-time ministry. And he says, all day long, he says, I'm talking with people that are struggling, that are at their wit's end, that have had moral failures that are struggling in life. And he says, the minute I get off of one phone call, he said, the phone rings right after that and I'm picking up the phone. He says, for eight hours, I'm talking to ministers that are struggling and they're at their wits end and I'm having to talk them off the edge. Come on, these are pastors. You think, oh, well, pastors, they got it made. They got a direct line with God. No pastors and ministers go through things just like you. And the reason that he's having to put out the fires, the reason that he's he's dealing with these ministers that that are having moral failures is because they've never allowed themselves to become raw and vulnerable to the point to where it comes to a climax. And finally, they reach out for help. And sometimes it's too late. I was talking to one pastor friend and He pastors a church of almost 4,000 people. And he says, I understand why people have some failures in their life. He says, I get it. Because he's told me this. He said, 
There has been times in my life where it would be easier to have a moral failure than to just quit. He says, as a pastor of a church of several thousand members, he says, I can't just quit because if I just quit, then it leaves too many questions. He says, but then if I had a moral failure, he said, it would force me to have to quit and therefore I could escape the pressures of ministry and life. Isn't it interesting the cycle that we find ourselves getting into, even if it's a minister? If it's ministers, if it's the shepherd of the flock or the church, how much more the people of the church? Where we're dealing with everyday life, where we're finding ourselves coming up against obstacles, but at the same time, finding it very difficult to be vulnerable. Finding it difficult for ourselves to be exposed and getting to the heart of the issue. Why? Because we're afraid of the pain. We're afraid to give up our power. We're afraid of the past. We're afraid of what we might find if we really allow ourselves to get to the heart of the matter. I can say for, from a personal perspective that oftentimes when you find yourself in these kind of scenarios, just the pressures of life, it causes you to have tunnel vision. You know what I'm talking about? There's a whole lot that's going on, but when we allow ourselves to become introverted and just start looking at the things that are going on in our own lives, it causes our perception and our perspective to become very narrow. In fact, some become so narrow that they end up taking their life. Right? And that's a very difficult place to find yourself in. But the interesting thing is, is that when I went on vacation, you know, as I said, as a pastor, as a father, as a husband, there's times where the pressures of life can seem overwhelming. But then we went on vacation and we got around our family. And just being around our family, I was like, praise the Lord. I feel refreshed. I feel new again. Because I thought my stuff was bad and your <laughs> perception started becoming very, very narrow. And then you get around family and you're like, wow, I've got it good. I gotta tell you, I went home. We got home and I, I said to my wife, I was like, baby, you are a Proverbs 31 woman. And she's like, you're just now discovering that? I said, I don't know. I said, but I, I, I guess so. But you are just awesome, baby. What do I mean? Just because you have the opportunity of becoming narrow-minded and having tunnel vision if we don't allow ourselves to become exposed and vulnerable or really get raw in our lives. And really, I'm talking about our relationship with God. God desires for our, our, our hearts to be tender he desires for us to come and just be raw before Him to get exposed to say, God, I just want to be vulnerable before You. Come on, am I talking to anybody in here this morning? Yeah. I said getting around my family, it really allowed me to become relaxed and it allowed me to really enjoy the trip and just kind of take a deep breath and 
The reason being is because this some of the stuff that was going on in our family. And I asked my wife, I said, would you mind if I share just kind of some of your family's personal things that are going on in their life? And for that matter, we're not even airing this or taping this for the sake of, <laughs> you know, you, know, you don't want some of those things to get leaked out, you know, and people to get hurt. But I'm sharing this with you in just being transparent because, again, everybody has stuff that they're dealing with. Everybody is going through the same things of life. It doesn't matter who you are. Every single one of us have things in our closet, if you will, that we try to keep in the dark because if I let that out of the dark, if I try to address that, it opens up a very tender, hurtful, painful place in my life. And so, just concerning our particular family... My niece is just about getting ready to turn 30. And we just found out that they have done some testing and have found that there's signs of cancer in her woman parts. Obviously, you know what I'm talking about when I say that. And so they're, they're coping and dealing with this. And she's not married. She doesn't have children. But all of a sudden, she's got this diagnosis that you have signs of cancer. Concerning my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law has really had a difficult time. It's her father, my niece's father. He's had a very difficult time with his physical health. He's had sugar. He's had multiple other things. And as a result of a lot of complications, his kidneys pretty much shut down. And for the last few years, he's been going to, to dialysis three times a week for four hours at a time. What a life. Anytime that he's ever come to family member's house, he's had to schedule somewhere in the immediate area to go do, do dialysis when he goes out of town. Not much of a life. But we got a call just a, oh, about a month or so ago. And it was late in the night and says, they found a kidney. So he goes in and everything checks out. He gets the transplant. Just a couple weeks later, something begins to go wrong. They thought he had a heart attack. The doctor took some tests of the kidney and they were very concerned that the kidney was not taking. And a couple of different times they almost thought that they lost him. Early on, a couple of years back, and even now it didn't look good. I'm happy to say that that's turned around and I may share some more about that in just a moment. But concerning my brother-in-law, he's had a lot of physical ailments. And you realize that when... A family member has physical things or things that they're going through, whether it's depression, whether it's cancer, whether it's debt, whatever it might be. It's not just the person that's going through. It's the whole family, right? The children, the spouse, the extended family, they go through it with you. And obviously, if we have the opportunity, we partner with them and help them if we can. Concerning... My mother-in-law, she's had some physical ailments over the last few years, just having several issues, just some emotional things and physical things. And it just seems as through the years, things have gotten worse. And because we're, you know, several hours away, you're not able to really know what's going on in her life. And so we met with her mom and went to dinner. And for her to walk, it was so challenging that she could hardly walk. It's like, Wow. How fast things have declined. My father-in-law, he's almost 75 years old and he's retired. 
He's been very successful in life. And now he's went back to the farm and found that the farm was in disarray. And he's trying to rebuild a farm at the age of 75. And it seems as though it's endless and hopeless. And I see my father-in-law that has once been full of life is now struggling and carrying the pressure of trying to rebuild what he once had. And I can tell in his eye that there is a hopelessness. In talking with him, he says, I'm just depressed because this used to be something different. And I'm looking at what I need to do. And I just don't know whether or not I've got the strength and the desire to do it. And you can tell that he's just carrying the burden. Now, he has the opportunity to retire. And he would retire very, very comfortably. But he chooses to continue to work. And he's carrying the pressure. And then lastly, his girlfriend... He's been with his girlfriend for the last several years. And she's got leukemia. And she said that they give me a 50-50 chance to make it. So we're looking at our family. And we're saying, it's falling apart. It's challenging. And you see the weight that's on the family. And you so desire... For it to be different. Come on. Are you hearing me this morning? And so we step back. And we begin to evaluate the family. And I began to look at my father-in-law. The patriarch of the family. He was raised in church. He, he was raised having an understanding of God. But through his, his life. The priority of life has changed. And he's from a a belief system. Well, if I ask Jesus into my heart, well, then I'm good. I'm covered. But he's not walking with God. And I have a great concern whether or not he would go to heaven, whether or not he, if he's right with God or whether he would go or not. You understand what I'm saying? And what he's done is he has pursued success of life. He's pursued money. He's pursued the success of career. And he's been very good at it. Because in his mind, if he pursues that money, what it, that equates to is that equates to security. And it equates that I don't have to be vulnerable in life because I have succeeded. I've made something of myself. I'm self-sufficient. The oldest daughter, my wife's sister, she went to the same Bible college that we did. But she hasn't walked with God for the last 30 years. There was a time right out of Bible college that she was engaged to a young Bible school student, madly in love. The relationship didn't work. And right after that, she met a man that loved her. Good man. He's my brother-in-law. Great man. But he happens to be Muslim. 30 years ago, she said, I'm not going to be vulnerable again to give my heart to some Christian man that says he's called into ministry and break my heart. And the first man that came along that would choose to love her happened to be somebody that isn't of the same faith. And because she chose not to be vulnerable, she's not walked with God for all these years. My father-in-law's girlfriend Again, not going into the details of her life. But if you knew her life, you would understand why she refuses to be vulnerable with God. 
Because everything about her life, it says you've got to be self-sufficient. You've got to chuck it up. You've got to be tough. And once again, you see a family that is so desperate to have peace. But there's things in their life where they're saying, I don't want to be vulnerable because I'm afraid of giving up my power. I'm afraid of the pain of the past. I'm afraid of what it may cost me. I'm afraid. How many of you know that it's normal to be afraid? But even though it's normal to be afraid, Jesus came so you didn't have to be afraid. He came that you'd have life and that you'd have it more abundantly. He came that you could come confidently and say, God, I want to be vulnerable with you. Do you know how much God desires for you to come and just get real with him? You know, one of the things that I think just really moved my heart so much about Todd White, the minister that we spoke of last week. Is that he just passionately loves God. And just keeps pursuing God. If you remember in that story. He said he read the. Or in that message he said. I read the Bible and the Bible says. They that believe shall pray for the sick. And the sick will recover. He said I just started praying for sick people. They said well did, well, did you get anybody healed? No. He said I prayed for about a thousand people. And they didn't get healed. He said, but what I refuse to do is allow what I didn't see to change what I believe. So therefore, rather than getting hard-hearted, he just said, God, I'm going to continue to be vulnerable. I'm going to continue to pray. And God, I just believe that you're the God that you said you are. And he said, finally, after praying for about a thousand people, he said he prayed for somebody. And right then, God healed them on the spot. I'm talking about being vulnerable to keep coming to God. Do you realize that God is saying... Are you really in it? Or are you just coming to look for a handout? How many of us come to God saying, God, I need you. I want you. God, I'm having an issue right now. And God, I want to be vulnerable. I want to expose myself to you because I have a need. But God's saying, I just want you to come and be vulnerable all the time. And if you'll become vulnerable to God in the good times, you'll find that you have faith to see God move. In those times that you're most vulnerable. When times are rough and times are hard. Because you began to develop a relationship with a God. In the good times. And continue to reveal and expose and become vulnerable and raw with God. And God becomes real. Amen. In 2 Timothy chapter 3. You doing okay? In 2 Timothy chapter 3 starting in verse 1. I want to read this portion of scripture. And I'll take... Some time just stopping and pausing for a moment to expound on some things. But Paul, he says this to Timothy. He says, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days. Concerning the last days, what he's speaking of is the days just before Jesus comes back. If you don't know it, this life that we know is not going to exist forever. This world is not going to continue in the state that it is forever. 
God says there is a master plan. There is a timeline. There is a date on the calendar of God. And he says there's coming a time where I'm sending Jesus back to get my people, to get my family, to get my church. And when that day comes, he says, I'm going to eradicate sin. I'm going to eradicate pain. I'm going to eradicate death. There is no longer going to be what was and what is. He says there's going to be a day where it becomes perfect like I originally planned it to be. And that day is upon us, folks. These are the last days that Paul was telling Timothy about. And he says, in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud and scoffing at God. Come on, have you noticed that anybody is scoffing at God? Oh, sure. Mainstream media, our government, scoffs at God. Don't give us your religious stuff. Don't talk about your Jesus. In fact, I just saw online that they're banning churches from displaying the name of Jesus publicly. I believe it's out in California, or they're trying to. Scoffing at God. Disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. Come on, have you seen a change in the children of our of our communities? Have you seen the culture change concerning our children? Disobedient to parent, ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. And he's talking about the things of God. Have you noticed that the things of God, there's nothing sacred anymore. Church is not sacred. Our Bibles are not sacred. Our time with God is not sacred. These are the times that we're living in. Verse 3, it says, They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They'll be cruel and they'll hate what is good. Have you seen that? The Bible says, In the last days, what is good, they will call evil. And what is evil, they will call good. Verse 4, They will betray their friends. They'll be reckless. They'll be puffed up with pride. And they'll love pleasures rather than God. Verse 5 says, They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Then verse 6 says, They are the kind who work their way into people's homes and win their confidence of vulnerable women. We've been talking about vulnerability, being vulnerable with God. Or we could say it this way. They win their confidence or win the confidence of vulnerable people who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. This is the day that we're living in. Amen? And there are people that because of the guilt, the shame, the cares of life, the struggles of life, they are becoming vulnerable, not to God, but to people that will... Dupe them, deceive them, get them off course. He says, be attentive, be careful. But notice what he says this. He says, they will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. There's a power. We talked about that in our last series. There's a power, the power of God's love to truly make us free. But we've got to be vulnerable before God and say, God, I'm hurting. God, I want to just get real with you. I want to get exposed with you. But we have to get past the fear. 
I think I've shared this with you before. Just using this example. But it never amazes me. Or I should say it always amazes me. Seeing my children go and be with my in-laws from Oklahoma. You know, my son has probably only seen his grandfather maybe four times. My son's almost five. My two daughters have not seen their grandfather, but just maybe less than a dozen times over the course of years. So their relationship with their grandfather is very minimal. They don't have a whole lot of interaction. My father-in-law is not one to call and talk to the grandchildren. That's just kind of not him. But they don't really have much of a relationship with him. But the cool thing and the interesting thing is that when we went down there to the farm, my kids just love Papa. I mean, they couldn't wait to get down there. I mean, I, I, I lost count of how many times. Are we at Papa's yet? Are we at Papa's yet? How much longer to Papa's? Well, we're not going to Papa's now. We're going to Aunt Marcia's first, and then we're going to Papa's. Okay, so we're going to Papa's first? No, we're going to... I mean, it was just nonstop. But they were so excited to see Papa. My son... He got to ride the big tractor. He thought he was hot stuff, man. He'd wake up in the morning. Hey, going on the tractor with Papa. And as much confidence as they had. My, again, my son ha- has not had a whole lot of exposure being around his grandfather. But just so desired to be with him. He didn't see all the faults. He didn't see all the struggles of his life. All he saw was Papa. And I want to ride the tractor with Papa. And then I was out brush hogging and Papa and Carson came driving by in the truck. They're going into town and town out there is like a half hour away. And Carson thought he was big stuff with Papa in the big truck. He don't know Papa. But just can't get enough of Papa. And then on the way back, he's sitting in the front seat of Papa with Papa. My wife's like, Dad, what are you doing? But my son thought he was big stuff. What am I saying? In spite of their shortcomings and failures and the mess of life, my children just loved being around their family and being around Papa. Why? Because it was how Kelly and I talked about Dad, about Papa. We didn't talk about the junk. We just talked about the good stuff. And as a result, our children become vulnerable to their papa and just love him. What if we would become so vulnerable with our God of knowing him? Be so raw and exposed with him. Being so free from fear. That people got around you and they wanted to be... Around your papa. They wanted to know your papa. Will your papa love me like he likes you? Or like he loves you? Yeah, he will. I found it interesting that my little kids. They didn't get a whole lot of opportunity to spend time with papa all these years. But in the short span of time. I found that my children had no problem asking papa to buy a toy for them. But we go to God saying, God, please, will you? He's your papa. 
Why do we have to beg and squall and bawl? And if we would just get raw with God, if we would just become vulnerable with God, God says, yeah, that's, that's what I like. I love you. And I want you just to bear your heart. I want you just to become real. I know you're hurting. I know you're afraid. I know that you're afraid to give up your control. You're afraid of what it might cost you. Listen, God has never said that serving Him is a list of do's and don'ts. But if you'll grow close with your God and become vulnerable with Him, you'll just find that those habits of life that you struggle with and that you might think are displeasing with God, there will be something that changes on the inside that it's not a list of do's and don'ts. You're just like, I, I don't want to displease my papa. And I, I don't want to do that anymore. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When I was a little kid, I was with my aunt. We were traveling from up north from my grandparents' house. And I close with this. We were traveling from, from, my, from my grandmother's house from up in Tawas. And I was in the back seat. And back in those days, if you remember, they had cigarette lighters and they had ashtrays in every door. You remember that? And I can remember pushing down the cigarette lighter and looking at it and it was glowing red. And I'm like, whoo, that's hot. And I can feel the heat coming off of it. And just a matter of like 30 seconds later, the red glow disappeared. And I thought, huh. And I stuck my finger in there. And it burnt the tar out of the end of my finger. So for the next hour, my finger screaming because I just burnt the end of it off. Now, I thought it was hot because it was glowing red. I didn't realize that after the fact, even after the glowing red is gone, it's still blazing hot. But I learned a valuable lesson and I've never stuck my finger back in one of those things since then. Because I don't want to displease my finger. Come on. The same way with God is is that there's things where you're like, ooh, ah. Oh. That felt like God wasn't real pleased with that. Oh, maybe, maybe I'll change some behaviors because I just, I love my papa. And papa loves me. And I just want to get raw and real with him. Amen. Amen. Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Once again, I want to just challenge you right now in this moment to become raw, vulnerable, open with God. I know there's fear of the hurts, and it's caused you to not move closer toward a relationship with God I know that there's a fear of surrendering your power to God I know there's a fear of the past pain and maybe the things that didn't go right that you thought should have and asked God to intervene in I know that there's fear of discovering some things and seeing some things that we may not like. But I want you to know that the Bible says 
that everything that is seen and unseen, that God has created everything in Him and for Him. And He's created us to to draw near to Him. And He wants to reveal Himself to you. If you'll allow yourself to be vulnerable with God and invite Him in, you'll find everything that Jesus was, Jesus is. He's the healer. He's the restorer. He mends the broken heart. He's the provider. And the Bible says that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. My heart and my prayer is that you'll just be vulnerable enough to allow the Prince of Peace to come into your life. Some of you have not experienced peace for a long time. And you've cried out for peace and said it's not come. But God says, you've not become vulnerable. So let's allow ourselves to be tender in heart. I'm going to just pray a prayer. And if you've had some difficulties in life, if you desire peace, if you desire restoration, you desire wholeness and healing in your life, I'm going to pray. And because I pray, God's going to move. All I ask you to do is just become vulnerable with God right now. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every individual in this place. God, we surrender our hearts. We allow our hearts to be uh, uh, tender. We allow our hearts to be open, to be raw, and to be vulnerable right now. God, we ask that you would come into our hearts, come into our lives. And God, we surrender our control. We surrender the fear of pain. Fear, we command you to go in the name of Jesus. You no longer have a hold on us. You no longer control us. Because we now give God first place. We now give God control. So fear, go. And God, I thank you right now. Peace is flooding hearts. Peace is flooding minds. Peace is flooding homes right now. God, I thank you that today some things have begun to move and things have begun to shift. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, I know I talked a little bit long. Please forgive me. I've been on vacation, so now I just, I, it was all built up. You know what I mean? So I'm going to let you go, and the worship team is just going to play us, play us out as we leave. But I want to challenge you in this. Continue to come back purposing to become more vulnerable every time that you come. Become more raw every time that you come. And I guarantee you, God is going to move. It's going to be a little bit tender at times. You're going to say, oh God, that hurts a little bit. Oh God, you had to go there. Oh God, I didn't know you were going to touch that area of my heart. But the moment you open up 
God begins to pour in the healing. God begins to move. God becomes Papa. Amen. We love you. Appreciate you. Hey, this Wednesday, remember, we're going to have service this Wednesday. Amen. See you all Wednesday, right? All right. Take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, and loving life.